Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Thinking with the uh, that music there, you know, you have all of the different the, the dissonance, in, in there. And, and time is coming in in the life of the human race as we look at this message in in the book of Joel. And I would encourage you to turn to the to the book of Joel, chapter three. There's a tremendous time that awaits. From the perspective of the Christian, from the, the perspective of, of those who love the Lord, tremendous victory, amen, tremendous hope, victory that is coming. But for those who, who reject the Lord, tremendous tragedy, tremendous tragedy. And we as God's children serve as ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we bear the responsibility to, to share. We have this privilege of, of sharing the message, sharing the love of the Lord, the message of hope, the message of forgiveness, the message of restoration. We studied this morning in the book of Job how that God restored Job. He restored his his fortune. He even gave him more kids. And the scripture goes on to say that the, the three daughters that the Lord gave to Job were the fairest daughters in all of the land. 
God blessed Job. And God blesses his children. You know, God desires to bless the entire human race. And he does so on a regular basis. Because God provides food to the people who don't even believe in him. And he provides for the entire human race. Even to those who, who shake their fist and, and reject him or reject the idea or the fact of God and, and the idea of his love and mercy. Yet God provides for them as well. Because God is so loving and so kind. I uh, shared with the, uh, the gentleman this morning in class that uh, one of the, uh, the nurses that I had at my, uh, one of the schools that I worked at, she posted this, this uh, little thing online. She said, here's a list of everything that the world owes you. Everything that you're entitled to. Everything that you deserve. And you know what she had on that list? She had a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. But we live in a time where people want you to believe that you deserve this and that and et cetera, et cetera. And you know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that we deserve one thing. Hell. And remember that God's way and our way are very different. God's thoughts and our thoughts are very different. But God hasn't given to us what we deserve. He's given to us what we don't deserve. Eternal life, forgiveness for our sin. And remember that when we sin, we become criminals in God's universe. Now, you may not view yourself as a criminal, but we are criminals in God's universe. And in that same lesson this morning, the three points. The first one, to admit. To admit. What do we have to admit? We have to admit that we're guilty. We're all sinners. The entire human race is diseased, and that disease is sin. And so what makes one person more deserving of some other person? Hmm? We're all guilty. The second point was repent. We must all repent. Every human being must repent. And that word repent means to change one's mind, change one's heart attitude. And the change is supposed to be significant in that, that that change of heart attitude results in a changed lifestyle. It is agreeing that God is right and we're wrong. And we ask the question, why is it so difficult for, for all of us to admit when we're wrong? Or to admit that we're a sinner? And we've all shared with people and we talk with them about the gospel and God's love. And as soon as you mention... Well, you're a sinner. And they say, how dare you call me a sinner? I'm no sinner. Oh, yes, we are all sinners. That's the truth of it. But thanks be to God and his grace. He doesn't want to leave us in that condition. 
He provides restoration. He provides forgiveness because he loves us. He envelops us. He embraces us in his love. And that's the message that we're to be sharing. But a part of that message, a part of that message is that there is coming a judgment. There is coming a reckoning. A southern preacher preached a message, and he entitled this message, Payday Someday. Payday Someday. Yes, that day is coming. For the believer, oh my goodness, the things that God has planned for us, the Bible says, we can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But for the unbeliever, oh, what tremendous tragedy. Now here in the third chapter in the book of, of Joel, beginning at verse 1, the Lord speaking through Joel says, For behold, in those days, now what days are, is he talking about? He's talking about the days to come, the latter days. Those days aren't so far away. Look at all of the different things that are going on and continue to, to occur around the world. In those days and at that time when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Notice that God says the land belongs to him. Not to the UN. You follow? Not to the Arab states. Not to the Palestinians. They call themselves Palestinians. But they're all splinter Arab groups that moved into the land after the Jews had been taken out. It doesn't belong to the Palestinians. It belongs to God. And he gave it to Israel. He didn't give it to the Palestinians. Do you understand? And God speaking, he says that in that day, that he's going to, he's going to hold them accountable. On account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they've also divided up my land. They have cast lots for my people have given a boy as payment for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Or in other words, they've taken the Lord's heritage, what belongs to the nation of Israel, and have used it for their own pleasure and sinfulness. That's what they've done. And that's what they continue to seek to do. Indeed, what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon? and all the coasts of Philistia. These were ancient nations. Tyre was this, this wealthy, wealthy nation trading, uh, a, a trading nation. It, it doesn't exist now. It was brought into judgment. Oh, the land is still there. But the particular people have been wiped out. Will you retaliate against me? 
But if you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head because you have taken my silver. Notice, God calls it his silver. You understand? My silver, the Lord speaking, my gold, and have carried it into your temples, my prized possessions. Also the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem, you have sold to the Greeks that you may remove them far from their borders. We've mentioned over and over and over again. This has gone on with the Jewish people for thousands of years. And God says, Israel is the apple of his eye. And we mentioned last week that idea of, of the pupil of the eye being so sensitive. It's the idea of, of poking someone in the eye. The idea of poking God in his eye. When you touch Israel, it's as though you are poking God in his eye. He takes it personally. Therefore, the promise is given. God speaking to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. And those who curse you will be cursed. And I've said this many times and will continue to say it for as long as I preach. Have nothing to do with any individual, any group, any party, you name it what, that is against Israel. Have nothing to do with that. Do not be a part of that. Don't be a part of it. God says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. When an individual sins, and of course, depending upon what the sin is, some sins are more grievous than others and more devastating than others. But sin carries within it a curse, does it not? And doesn't God say to avoid sin, to reject it, to abhor it, to, to, to run from it, the Bible even says. Why? Because of the curse. Built into sin are the consequences associated with that sin. And it impacts not just the individual who sins, but so many others as well. Have nothing to do with those who seek the destruction of Israel. Behold, I will raise them out of the place to which you have sold them, and will return your retaliation upon your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters. Notice that. In the ancient times, it was referred to as lex talionis. It was the law of an eye for an eye. Right? An eye for an eye. Life for life. Limb for limb. Those who, who have sought to destroy Israel and have harmed Israel have found themselves on the other end. Hitler sought to destroy the Jewish people, and in fact, Germany ended up being destroyed, broken into a divided nation with a wall, the Berlin Wall, one side communist. Spain, the Spanish Inquisition. You consider what happened to Spain. It fell from its, its lofty glory. Egypt, and what is Egypt today? 
in all of its glory in, in ancient times. And what is Egypt today? And nation after nation after nation that has sought to destroy Israel, to enslave its people, they have been dealt with according to the very same way that they dealt with Israel. I will send your sons and your daughters into the land of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a people far off where the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into sores and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. We've sung that hymn, haven't we? Let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. That day is coming. Assemble and come all you nations and gather together all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Now, very quickly, we looked at the first point last week. The Israelites returned to the promised land. And that is, that is still going on today, is it not? There are still Jewish people who are, who are moving back to Israel. I believe there are some six to seven million, maybe, maybe you know, the number's not quite exact there, living in, in Israel, Jewish people living in Israel, maybe it's seven or eight million, and here in the U.S. about six or seven million, something like that, with several hundred thousand spread throughout uh, the rest of, of the world. But yet they're still moving back. God is still drawing them back. He's taking them back. But he's also going to, to draw these nations. And when he says he's going to draw the nations back, he's drawing them back for judgment. Move on to, 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 the, second, to the second point and, and that statement. Prepare for war. And we talked about the privilege that we have of sharing the message of God's love, his forgiveness, hope, restoration, blessing. God wants to bless the entire human race. But there are people who refuse to acknowledge the Lord. There are those who refuse to receive the Lord as Savior. And there are those who still want to destroy the nation of Israel. I'm telling you, sadly, sadly, some of the different administrations, presidents that we've had, they're anti-Israel. They won't come out and tell you that specifically. But they, they, they enact bills and other agreements with countries that want to destroy Israel. And sadly, Christians vote them into office. When you vote someone like that into office, you bear responsibility together with them. Remember that. It is serious. Think of what is coming. God says he's going to hold the nations accountable. Make no mistake about it, he will hold this nation, our nation, accountable as well, along with all other nations. 
Now we talked about some preliminary events, the rapture of the church. That is the next major event we believe that is happening. Now, there are several different positions. There are premillennialists, there are postmillennialists, there are amillennialists. I'm premillennial. I believe that's what the Bible teaches, based upon what the Bible says. Amillennialists believe there really will not be a millennial. In other words, the world's just going to get better and better and better, and one day Jesus is going to return. Well, I, I don't read that in the Bible. I read that things are going to wax worse and worse. And when you look out there, are things improving? No, they're not. And yet they, they, they want you to believe that, that the economy is getting better. While at the same time telling you that Inflation is now higher than it's, than it's been in the last 13 years. And I mentioned to Cheryl, I said, you know, I think, I think by the end of the year, gas here is going to be up to $4 a gallon. Well, I put gas in the car yesterday, $3.99.9. Right? <laughs> so four bucks, just less of, you know, one, uh, one one hundredth of a penny. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Well, the amillennialist doesn't believe in the, this idea of a literal millennial kingdom. The post-millennialist believes that the church will be taken up after the millennium. Then there's a, the mid-trib, although it's not as popular these days, that somewhere in the middle of the tribulation, the church will be taken out. So the church will have to go through some. Well, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Doesn't make me more right than them, but I, I just I, I disagree. And and why? Well, let's let's take a look and see what the Bible has to say about it. Turn to First uh, Thessalonians, and we looked at a portion of this last uh, last week. Let's look at First Thessalonians. So, the tribulation period is a time of God's wrath. God's wrath. Notice in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, forgive me, I'm having trouble with this, this microphone here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. Notice what it says, for God did not appoint us to wrath. You see that? He didn't appoint us to wrath. And then once again, let's go to the book of Revelation. And chapter 3. And uh, we'll look at verse 10 in chapter 3, Revelation. And when you have time, you can read all that, all the rest there. But notice, because you have kept my command to persevere, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, because you've kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of, notice that, trial or tribulation, which shall come upon the whole world. You notice that? So we know that he's referring to the time of tribulation. Because it's going to impact the entire world. We mentioned this morning in Sunday school, as terrible as World War II was, and, and it was terrible. 
absolutely horrible. Yet, the worst is yet to come. You say, what? Yes. World War II was bad, but what is coming is worse. Even Jesus himself said it. To keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Now let's turn to the, the book of Matthew. And I'd encourage you to write these down and look at them later. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. Actually, turn uh, one chapter back to, uh, to uh, 24, to chapter 24. We'll read there, and then we'll also look at uh, chapter 25. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Now, we believe that, that during the tribulation period, there's going to be a temple that's erected, a third temple. And we know even now that the Jewish people are planning to build that temple. The Bible, the Bible prophesies that they're going to build a third temple, another temple. As a matter of fact, they have the utensils and the, and the equipment and, and the garments that the priests are supposed to wear, that's all being prepared now. And this, this abomination of, of desolation, you see, during that tribulation period, there are going to be these two personalities. One referred to as the beast or the antichrist, a political leader who is going to, to rise to prominence in the world and a false prophet, a religious leader who is also going to rise to world dominance. And this, this Antichrist is going to enter into a, a peace accord with Israel, but then he's going to violate it. And nations are going to be fighting against nations. But he's going to set himself up to be worshipped. You, you think, well, those, those are some crazy ideas. But there are people today who, who want to be worshipped, aren't there? There are many people all around the world who seek to be worshipped as God. Now, you, you, you may not know this, but one of... One of the agreements, when, when the Japanese had to surrender at the end of World War II, one of the agreements that had to be made was the Japanese emperor had to admit that he was but a man. Because in their particular religion, the emperor was a son of the gods and therefore considered divine. But one of, the, one of the requirements for surrender was that he had to admit that he was but a man. Isn't that interesting? But, notice, then 
Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is in the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant. Why? Because it's going to be a, a difficult time. They're going to run. Physically run. Why? Because Israel is going to be attacked. Israel is going to be attacked by a coalition of nations that seek to destroy. You notice that Israel is always in the news. And Israel, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the real capital of the world. It is where the great king will establish his throne, the Lord Jesus. Notice, for then, verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Notice what he says there. If God didn't step in and intervene, the entire human race would be wiped out. Now, I didn't write that, and I'm not making this stuff up. This is what Jesus preached. This is what the scripture teaches. That day is coming. And we as Christians are to proclaim that message. But to proclaim it from the perspective with the hope, with the goal, the desire that people will repent and give their heart to the Lord and be saved. Now, you need to understand that, that God, in his program, has the church, and he has the nation of Israel. And the two are different, except in this age in which we live. Because in this age in which we live, the church is made up of both Gentiles and Jewish people. The church age began in the first century. We live in the age of grace, or the age of the church, but it's also referred to as the age of of the Gentiles, or the time of the Gentiles. But that age is, is coming to a close. Coming to a close. And Israel will once again come to prominence. And so, over into chapter 25, and verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now notice here. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And then down. Let's go down here to verse 44. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, insomuch as you did not do it for the one, the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus is the judge. 
You follow? Jesus is God the Son. The Son of God, God the Son. And he will judge in the end. And his judgment is righteous. Now turn to Psalm chapter 9. Psalm 9. Psalm 9. Verse 19. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. And then Psalm, Psalm 10. Psalm 10. And verse 11, it's the verse 11 in Psalm 10. The unbeliever, the unbelieving nations, they take this position. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. You ever heard anyone say that? It's like, even the Jewish people themselves, they said, God has forgotten them. How could he let such a thing that happened in World War II happen to them? Well, it happened many times before in their history. And why? Because of their disobedience. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He'll never see. Arise, O Lord, our God. Lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account. There are people who believe that, that when they get away with something here on the earth, that they're going to get away with it. No, you don't get away with it. God holds us all accountable, and he's going to hold every nation accountable. Now, the church is going to be taken out of the world, and when that happens, literally, there is going to be hellish violence on this earth. Because the ministry of God the Holy Spirit who restrains, and he, and he restrains through the church, wickedness and evil, the ministry of the Holy Spirit changes at that point and he no longer restrains. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? The immorality, consider the immorality that we have now. And is it not affecting the entire world? Consider the Olympics and all this stuff with this transgender stuff. And how it's impacting the entire world in all of these different countries. So much for fairness. You know, they like to cry about equality. Yeah? What is equal about some guy who is some 250-pound muscular guy? I, I believe I'm a lady today. <laughs> and he's going to compete against some young lady who is, you know, 120 or something, or 130 pounds, and they're, they're going to compete in the same event. But because he says he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lady trapped in a man's body. The epitome of sinfulness, wickedness. Well, 
Tribulation time is coming. But the church is going to be taken out. And we go to be with our Lord in heaven. But there's going to be tremendous, tremendous upheaval and calamity upon the earth. Yeah, we're saved. Whether we, whether we die and go to be with the Lord or the Lord comes while we're, while we're still alive, we're going to be taken up. But the tribulation is a seven-year period. A seven-year period of judgment upon the world and upon Israel because of its rejection of Christ. But the Bible teaches that it's going to change and God is going to call out 144,000 Jewish evangelists, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And they're going to proclaim the message of the gospel. And Israel is going to repent. But before that, it is going to be savagely attacked. That's what's coming in the future. Keep your eye on Israel. And pray that our nation repents. The gathering of these nations for judgment. It's referred to over in Jeremiah and, uh, and other passages as Jacob's trouble. The time of Jacob's trouble. That's the seven-year tribulation period. And it's coming. Well, we need to move on. Notice, it says the harvest, the harvest is ripe. Well, we'll end here. Galatians 6, 7. I'll just quote it for you. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's a general spiritual law, it's a principle in the scripture. That what we sow, that is what we plant, what we invest basically in our lives, we're going to eventually reap. So if we, if we sow goodness, we should eventually reap goodness in the spiritual sense, but if we, if we sow wickedness, we're going to reap the consequences of that wickedness. And in this case, we can apply it to nations. Those nations that, that sow wickedness will reap wickedness. What, what do you see, honestly, what do you see being sown all across the US? What do you really see? It's a tremendous amount of wickedness, isn't it? Tremendous. The person says, man, you just, you're so negative. No, it's, it's called being honest. It's being honest. Oh, there's a tremendous amount of good, yes. Tremendous amount of good. Oh, but there's a tremendous amount of wickedness and evil as well. But consider when the ministry of the Holy Spirit and he, he pulls back and no longer restrains. What is going to happen? The harvest is ripe. Let's read one last passage in Revelation 14. And then we'll, and then we'll close. 14. Revelation 14, 14.
1414. You see, this seven-year period comes to an end when all of these nations attack Israel. And Israel is basically at, at the mercy, the mercy of God. But these nations forget God. They think God won't hold them accountable. They think they can do whatever they want to Israel, and God won't hold them accountable. Notice 14, Revelation 14, 14. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap the harvest of the earth. The earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle. Some four feet for 1,600 furlongs. That's the whole entire length of Israel. In other words... The Lord is going to return, and he is going to destroy these armies. The Lord Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation period, and he returns to deliver Israel, and he destroys these armies. We're going to have to leave it there. We'll come back and continue next time. We're going to stand and sing. And maybe all this uh, shakes you up. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> it should shake you up. And hopefully, it'll shake you up enough that you'll share the message with your family members who are lost. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. The Christian is secure. We're secure in the Lord. But the unbeliever, oh, my what is coming? Let's see. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.